Well, hello there, old friends. Look at us connecting on the podcast again. It's been almost a year since I have recorded a podcast for you, and I have missed it so very much in some ways. (laughs) In other ways, it's been a great relief not to have to put together an episode every week. But I wanted to take some time and record this episode for you that's all about my 2023 unfiltered. So I'm going to give you all the good, bad, and ugly. I reached out to my audience and I said, who wants this episode? And I got enough feedback that many of you have told me, yes, I want to listen to this episode. And it's no surprise. It used to be one of our most popular episodes. And I get it. If I was working with somebody, I would want to know about their life. I saw a TikTok video recently who, um, it was a woman who's a coach, and she said, I chose coaching over therapy, and I continue to choose coaching over therapy as my practitioners because I want to know that the person I'm working with does the work, and I want to know what they're going through, and I want to know that they are applying the tools that they're teaching me. Not saying that therapists don't do this, but they usually have a lot of red tape to be able to share these kinds of stories. And that can be hard because we've seen a lot of therapists out there who don't do the work. They really just sit there as a practitioner um, and you can kind of tell in time when they're not doing the work themselves. So I'm very fortunate that in coaching, I don't have that red tape. And um, I very much love openly sharing all of this with you because I know it will help you. There have been times throughout the past year that a client's going through something and I'm like, oh, I really wanna tell them the story of how I got through this. But for whatever reason, the timing just wasn't right to share it at that moment. Um, So I'm excited to share all of this with you. Yay. All right. So this episode is unfiltered, as I said. It's unedited. You're going to hear awkward noises like I just got a new desk chair and I'm trying to figure this thing out. You're going to hear awkward swallows. You're going to hear me gasping for air sometimes or me just saying, oh, I need to take a breath or get a drink of water. And we're going to spend some time together, probably, you know, an hour and a half. Um, is what I'm guessing we're going to spend here recording this and and you listening. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to talk about the three biggest areas of my life. Obviously, there have been things that happened in other areas of life, but to condense and really get the most juice of what I want to tell you in the shortest amount of time, I'm just going to focus on these three areas, and they are career, family, and health and beauty, okay? So I'm going to start with career, then probably go into family and health and beauty, and there's probably going to be some intertwining things along the way. And then I'm going to just recap everything at the end with kind of where I'm going next and end with some brags because I really want to model for you this tool called brags where you're really owning your power and you're really standing in what it is that you are and what you've done because it can be a really powerful experience. Okay. So before we jump into all the things, I just want to start with a warning. I have a lot of privilege in my life. As you can tell, I'm a white girl. I'm cis. What else am I? Heterosexual. Um, You know, I got a lot of things going for me. Let's just say that. So I got a lot of privilege in that. And so there are things I'm going to talk about in my life that show that privilege, right? Like you're gonna hear one of the hardest things I went through this past year was my interior designers not being what I wanted them to be. Like former Lindsay probably would've been like, ugh, barf, right? But 
I share that with you because if you're not in that season of life, hopefully it will inspire you that one day maybe that is one of your hardest problems is that, you know, you didn't get the interior design project that you wanted or result that you wanted, right? So I just want you to know, I've obviously gone through hard seasons in my life. Obviously, I've still always had privilege along the way. Um, And if anything triggers you, just catch it in yourself and use it as a learning lesson of what is coming up for me that is triggering this. Um, And hopefully you have the support and the tools to be able to dig into whatever that trigger is so that you can um, kind of overcome the things that you need to. And I need to be mindful of where my mic is. I need to keep it right next to my mouth. So, okay, here we go. I'm kind of out of sorts with this. I'm out of practice, as you can tell. Um, the other thing is, uh, trigger warning, I am going to talk about some suicide ideation at some point. So just kind of put that on your radar. If that's not something you want to explore with me and talk about, then don't listen to this episode. All right. Okay. So let's talk about career first. The I'm just going to kind of go through different things, kind of bullet point style, and then talk to you about, you know, what that means and, and all the things. All right. Again, I'm out of practice here. Stay with me. All right. So career. Let's just start from the beginning. One of the best things that happened in my career this past year was the introduction of VIP days. So I was introduced to the concept of VIP days from some of my mastermind sisters when I was in a mastermind in 2022. Um, And I even took a class from one of them about how she did um, VIP days. Really love the format, really love the concept and kind of just put it on the back burner of, okay, I don't know how I would necessarily incorporate this unless I just did Awaken Woman in, you know, a multi-day VIP experience with somebody um, instead of them going through the process in six to nine months. But again, I just kind of put it on the back burner until I had two clients at the end of, gosh, I guess that would have been 2021 yeah, 2022, who I saw really needed to up-level in their businesses. So they were my Living the Dream Mastermind. We've been coaching for a while. Obviously, they went through what's now Awakened Woman at some point, and then they joined Living the Dream Mastermind, and we've been working on all the things in their life, but a lot of that has been their business growth. And so I went to one of them and I said, listen, I just feel like we're not getting enough time for us to really dig deep into your business with our weekly kind of 20 minute ish coaching. And so I would love to have this VIP day where I could fly to you or you could fly to me and we spend, you know, like two ish days just digging deep on your business and plan out the next year and kind of talk through some things. And she was like, yes, let's do it. So I booked a ticket, flew out to her in early January and we had that VIP day and it was like such a great way to start the year. It was so much fun to go and see her, to go and experience this new town. We were on a college campus in this really awesome hotel and we were just able to plan out so many things in her business that she had been needing to sit down and do with her marketing and her ideal client before and after stories, kind of a marketing plan and all the things. Um, And so I really enjoyed doing that. And then right after I did that VIP day, I had another client who again was growing in her business and I went to her and I said, hey, let's do a VIP day. Like, let's let's do what I just did, but do it for you. You're local. I wouldn't even need to fly anywhere. Let's sit down and kind of plan and hash this out. 
And so we did, and we did that in early February. Um, and her VIP day was interesting because she wasn't an entrepreneur yet. She was, I guess, either an employee or contractor or somebody else. <clears throat> Excuse me. Got a little cough every once in a while. And so we were really trying to figure out how she could scale while still working for somebody else. And what's interesting, as the year went on, it became very clear that she couldn't do that. And so I think the VIP day really opened up for her of like, I want to make more, and I'm not going to be able to do that here. So um, long story short, that was a really great experience. <laughs> I know I'm kind of giving you results of what happened long term from that, but it was really fun to just like have these days where we're having really nice meals and it's all about them for the day and we go and do like a special experience like the one I had here in Dallas with me we went and did a sound meditation um and we rent out a really awesome room or like I said a really great hotel room and it's just a really fun experience um all around and I haven't had any other clients who I felt needed a VIP day but I am definitely excited to add this to my repertoire of things and to be able to keep offering it and again a great way to start the year okay next big thing that happened in my career was all the way in April. So you'll learn later that most of February, March, and April, I was focused on something else that I'll get to in a bit. But at the end of April, I had my Living the Dream Mastermind mid-year retreat. And so most of the ladies met me in Miami, and we had this long weekend together where we just hung out. We did a spa day. We went to the beach. We had photo sessions where everyone just really got to embody like their most authentic self. And we had this beautiful house that we rented for them to have that experience. We stayed at this great hotel that was right near, you know, some really great places. And we just had a lot of fun. And it was a really great experience. It's always very healing for me and very uplifting for me when I have these events. But this Miami trip was next level. Um, it was just very much like just soul invigorating is the best way to describe it because these women have worked on themselves. And so there's just not any drama. If anything comes up with for anybody, we just approach it head on. We know each other pretty well based on, you know, the amount of coaching that we're doing with one another. And so, you know, there's not a lot of superficial conversations and um, it's just really fun. Like, I, I love it. I'm obsessed with our trips. And so it was just a really great experience. And I loved every second of it. And while we were there, I got photos taken too, which is really great. Every time I do a photo session, I feel like it up levels me in some way. And it was a session that I feel like I was like, yeah, I feel like I'm really coming into myself after a few years of like going really blonde and kind of having more of what I call this Barbie look. And then going into this really dark era that I look back now and I'm like, whoo, that was definitely not me either. Um, I feel like now when I see these pictures of myself, I'm like, yes. And I'll tell you how I got to that here in a bit. Okay, so then we fast forward to May. And May, the big thing that happened in my career was I took the PCC exam with ICF. So PCC stands for Professional Certified Coach and ICF stands for International Coaching Federation. So the coaching industry is not regulated in any means, which I think is a huge problem, but that's a story for another day. Um, but the ICF is one of the, I think it's actually not one of, I think it is the biggest regulating 
field, I guess, or company that does regulate coaching. So um, many people look to the ICF to say, okay, who are actually like the qualified coaches out there? And I, back in the day, almost 10 years ago, was trained in ICF you know, trainings and an ICF program. And then from there, I just didn't really do much to follow up with it. Um, I kind of thought like what I did was enough and I just didn't want to take what at that time was called the ACC, which is the lowest level exam. I was just kind of like, eh, I'm like ready to um, move on and like, you know, do other things. Um, So I blew that off, as I said, for a while, but I came back to it Uh, And for two reasons. So it's kind of the same reason, but in different ways. So I had some really, what do I want to say here? I had some really not great experiences with two coaches in 2022 um, to a point where I wish I could have turned to some sort of regulatory board and set and reported them. And then on the flip of that, I had a client who was upset with me and felt like she didn't get the results that she wanted and she ended up suing me. Now she lost that case, um, but she was trying, you know, any way possible to kind of get her money. She did multiple steps to the point of suing me and again, lost that. But um, I realized in that whole experience that I, I wanted my clients to have somewhere to go if they felt that I didn't give them the results that they wanted or I didn't show up in the way that I needed to show up. Um, and I also wanted to work with coaches who were under that same guidance, right, or, or regulatory board. Um, and so that's what led me back to the ICF. And um, it became very clear when I started looking into ICF stuff um, that I had everything I need to take the exam. I had the coaching hours. I had already even been, what do they call, like listened to by coaches um, because you have to have a certain number of coaching hours that are listened to by what's called like mentor coaches um, to approve that your coaching is following the ICF standard. You have to have a certain number of training hours. That was like a hundred and something, something like that. I had to have a certain number of coaching hours. So I had all of those things. Um, and so I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Like I can go take the PCC tomorrow. And so I basically did that. I got the ICF to approve me to go take the exam. And when I got back from Miami, I um, actually think I might've had COVID, <laughs> but I showed up at the testing center, took the four hour exam. Yes, that's right, four hours. And I answered question after question after question that in essence was asking about if XYZ client has XYZ problem, how would you coach it? And you have four different answers, A, B, C, and D, um, for you to figure out what would be the best way to coach this. So it's, it's really hard stuff. And most people spend many months, if not years, prepping for that kind of exam. And I just kind of walked in and took it thinking, I'm not gonna prep for this because I really don't wanna spend the time here. If I don't pass it, then I'll see what I need to prep for, right? So went in, took the exam, passed with flying colors, um, in fact, more than passed for sure, um, and kind of walked out like, damn, I feel like a badass. <laughs> like I just passed the PCC exam with like no preparation. Like that's how um, skilled I am at this level, right? So walked out of there feeling really good. Um, June rolls around then, and 
a lot starts to happen in the business. Um, now that I'm associated with the ICF, I go to my first ICF meeting that's here locally, and it was at this country club that just so happened to be right across the street from an apartment I had in my 20s that was just like this major shithole apartment. It was like the worst apartment I had. Um, and so I'm rolling up knowing I'm going to this country club because I used to see it every day at that apartment, thinking like one day, right? So I'm rolling up walk into the ICF meeting a little nervous of like okay what am I walking into and was met with so much respect and awe from the people that were there because I was probably one of the youngest if not youngest people there by a long shot and they were all like so impressed with me and um what I had to say and that I was PCC and I was talking about like how I was gonna start studying for my MCC which is like the highest level of coaching um, and I think they were just a little like in shock of like, who is this girl and where is she coming from? So that was just really reassuring. And it felt like a very full circle moment for me because, um, you know, I can't, went from this like shitty apartment across the street to like rolling up feeling like, you know, it was kind of killing it, you know? So that was a really great moment for me. Um, and so as I'm leaving that event, I look at my phone and what was going to happen the next day was I was going to open the doors to my Live in the Dream Mastermind for the next year. Now, typically we do the launch in August, but I did it in June this year because I wanted to have the summer to give them some prep classes and onboard the newbies really well and make sure that they had kind of this time to integrate into the program versus just throwing them into it. Um, and so I wasn't really preparing for anyone to be messaging me because it was a Friday afternoon and I opened up my phone and so many of them had messaged me separately, either via email or through our messaging system telling me like, I don't even need the doors to open Lindsay. I'm signing up again. And I was just so blown away of like, holy shit, like I've gotten to the level in my career where I don't even have to open the doors to a launch and people are already signing up. And it's always so reassuring to me when it's long-term clients who do that because that's who I really value. And not saying I don't value newbies, but if somebody's sticking around year after year after year, that tells me that I'm doing something right and they really feel seen and heard and loved and challenged. Um, and, you know, I'm keeping them engaged enough to want to keep going. Um, and so it's just, it's very reaff reaffirming to me um, and very flattering too. So that was just a really great moment for me. Um, and so realizing in this time too of, you know, I only sent out a few invitations to the Living the Dream Mastermind because I knew what kind of person needed to be in that group based on income and the focus of the group. And so I went to my then assistant, Rachel, and I said, Rachel, I don't know what to do with some of these people who aren't a good fit for LTD anymore, but I really miss them and I miss working with them. And I would love to give them an opportunity for us to work together again. I just don't know what it is. And somehow she put some sort of seed in my ear. I don't remember how it all went down, but long story short, it turned into what's now called Awaken Woman Grads. And so basically someone goes through Awaken Woman initially, which is my signature coaching process. And then once they graduate from there, they can go into Awaken Woman Grads where we're getting ongoing coaching in there. So we're using the tools of Awaken Woman over and over and over again based on whatever they're going through in their life, be it relationships or career or health, et cetera, et cetera, right? 
And so they're just integrating the work more and more and more. And they're getting to connect with other like-minded people who have done that work. And two, we get to grow our relationship. I get to know them more so I can coach them more effectively and um, deeper as time goes on. So that was just a really great add to my business. Um, and it was so much fun to launch that then in July and start it in August and bring those clients that I had missed so much back into my business. I'm still manifesting a couple more to come back to me because I really miss coaching them. Um, but yeah, it was just such a beautiful moment because too, when living the dream had ended, I guess this was like August, 2022, there was a lot of emotion for me in that based on some things that had happened that was kind of outside of my control. Um, and it was just nice to see them come back after that moment had gone down, which I'll get more to that later. Okay. The other thing that came about in June, June was a big month, is I had had some clients who were in my ear for a while saying, Lindsay, please work with my husband. Please work with my husband. Or do you know anyone that can work with my husband? What kind of program out there are what kind of program is there out there? There we go. That is similar to Awaken Woman, but for a man, because I really want my husband to do this work. And I couldn't find anybody who was similar. Um, and I kept blowing it off saying, oh, I don't want to work with men. I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. And then finally, it was around the June, July timeframe. One day, I just had this moment of, what are you doing, Lindsay? Like create awakened man. Like this could be so easy for you to create this. Step into your power here. Get over whatever you need to get over to really coach men. Because there these men that you know of that are husbands of these clients that you adore are amazing guys. You're not going to be out there coaching the narcissists of the world. You're going to be coaching them. Like how much fun is that going to be? Um, and how much fun is it going to be for your clients to get that kind of support from their partners because they did this work? And so I kind of got over myself and had to come to Jesus talk of, okay, we're doing Awakened Man and we're making this happen, right? So that was something that I kind of opened my eyes to and I've been doing the work behind the scenes to really get over whatever else I need to get over to love men as much as I love women, which I know sounds very homosexual, but I've always been a girl's girl. I've been a heterosexual woman, but a very much a girl's girl of like girl power, right? And I don't want to be like that because if I'm going to go in and coach men, then I need to be, you know, human power, right? Um, so that's kind of what I've been doing behind the scenes. Um, and Awakened Man is actually going to be coming out in February. And so um, there's a batch of clients that will be getting that. And then when people sign up for Awakened Woman now, you can also have your you know, partner or any male in your life go through the male version with you so y'all can do it together, which is so much fun. All right. So that is all the stuff with career that's been going on um, up until June. So then in August, um, I did an Enneagram training and this came about for a couple of reasons. The first was after I got my PCC, you have to have a certain number of in essence continuing ad credits to be able to renew your PCC. <clears throat> so obviously I wasn't going to have to renew for like a couple years, but I'm one of those people that like, if you tell me to do something, I'm probably going to do it right away, which I know is very anti ADHD of me because if you've followed me a while, you know I have ADHD, but I don't like waiting to the last minute on stuff. Like that's just not my jam. I like doing things like right away. <clears throat> so 
I was like, okay, I want to just get these hours over with. So then I know that they're done. Um, and I also, and I'll talk more about this later, knew that I wanted to start preparing for the highest level of certification called the MCC or Master Certified Coach. Um, and I need more training hours for that. So it kind of had a dual purpose, right, of me getting more hours for that and then having the hours for my PCC. The other thing that I want to do and why I chose Enneagram is I had been using Enneagram for a while in my business, but um, I started to see just some of the gaps in my knowledge with it. And I had a lot of clients who had been coaching for a while coming to me saying, Lindsay, I don't feel like I'm the type that I thought I was. Like, you know, it's saying I'm a four, but that just isn't feeling right anymore. And we weren't able to really like put our finger on what their core type was. Um, and I, you know, I just didn't really have anywhere to send them. And I, I didn't feel comfortable being like, well, based on my knowledge, I believe you are an Enneagram six, right? Like I really wanted something that could give them that answer. Um, and honestly, I, you know, my assistant at the time, Rachel presented with me with a diff couple different options and I didn't really research that heavily into the different options. I just chose one that I knew I was going to get the ICF continuing ed credits that I needed and met my schedule of when I could do it. And this training happened to do that. Um, but the training that I did select, holy moly, I think I chose the best damn one. It was incredible. I went in thinking, okay, I'm just going to get, you know, knowledge that I already know, maybe a couple new nuggets. I'm going to get the assessment that they use that I hear is just so amazing. Um, and, you know, it'll be an easy peasy training. And the first week was kind of that. We went through each of the nine numbers. I got a couple new nuggets, but I was like, okay, I know what I'm talking about here. Like I know what I'm doing. Um, the second week kicked my ass. Like we covered so many new things in that second week, energy centers, subtypes, lines, wings, which I had known about, but really like how they use them and in, in order to integrate, um, oh man, it was just, it was a lot. It was like drinking through a, a fire hose, the amount of information. And of course, like they do in all coaching certifications, they make you go through it as a client and get yourself coached through it. And so you've got this part of your brain that's like wanting to consume the information, right? And be a good student. And the other part of your brain that's like getting coached and opened up to this new awareness and feeling like shit in the process due to the cognitive dissonance, right? Um, and it's just not feeling well. So I was like taking in a lot of those two weeks, um, getting triggered from some of the awareness that was coming up of like, what do you mean? I'm, I have high Enneagram nine. I don't think that's really true. Um, what do you mean? I don't take enough action and I'm in my head too much. No, that's not me. The test is wrong. Like stuff like that. So, um, overall though, like I'm so glad I did that training. I am so glad. I feel like this certification with the assessment that I have, because their assessment is next level. Not only is it 95% accurate on assessing your core type, so your core type is usually, you know, your primary type, but it's so good at assessing your energy centers, which is huge. To me, that's the, the most important information for you to have beyond your core type. And I don't want to go into all the spiel of what energy centers are, but it is effing next level. Um, and so I feel like it's just given me a lot of great awareness with the clients that I've had long term because they were kind of my beta testers. I each gave the 10 of them four bonus 
one-on-one sessions with me for 60 minutes to just go through their Enneagram stuff. Plus I paid for their testing. Um, so they got like a $1,600 bonus out of nowhere when I kind of promised them at the beginning of the year we would cover Enneagram. But I went in saying like, it's probably just going to be an hour training of me just teaching you the basics. And once I learned everything I did at training, I was like, holy shit, like I got to give them the goods here. So it was such a, a blessing and a joy to be able to do that for them. Um, even though my therapist was like, Lindsay, you're overgiving again. And I had to work through some things there. But Enneagram training, amazing. Okay, so around this time too, July, August, September, I'm starting to really take in my business that I need more support and I need different support. Um, so I'll get to it in a bit. But July was really hard for me physically. And um, I had been get hearing in my ear for a while from my therapist slash coach um, that I wasn't getting enough support. And I wasn't being treated like the client. I was going into a lot of my business relationships, treating them like the client because that's just what's comfortable for me, right? Um, and it's not necessarily people pleasing that I was doing. It was more so just like being in my comfort zone and just kind of, I don't know, it's just being myself, right? I can't help but like want to grow other people and be empathetic and, and all the things. That's just my coach heart, right? Um, but my coach slash therapist, excuse me, was in my ear being like, Lindsay, like these people work for you. Like you really need to hold some higher boundaries here and and things of that sort. Um, And so there was just a time in July and early August where I was like, I got to make a change and I really need somebody that will help me focus on marketing and bringing people in the door because I hadn't really marketed in a while. Um, You know, we stopped the podcast in January. I didn't really post on social I didn't really email my list. I was just kind of in a phase of being really comfortable and enjoying that. Like, as I said, I had, you know, my 10 living the dream clients that I've had for a while. Um, I brought in some oldie clients from Awaken Woman grads, and I was just kind of, you know, just sitting at home in my warm blanket, coaching them and studying them all day and having a lot of fun, to be quite honest. Um, And marketing and bringing new people on can be a lot for my nervous system. Um, And so I just didn't want to do it. But then you realize, ooh, that's not a long-term business solution, right? We got to bring new people in the door because, you know, you don't want to keep your people around forever and ever. They're going to move on at some point. Um, And so I realized I needed help with marketing because it's just not, it's just not natural for me to do that. Um, And so I made the really hard decision of transitioning out of having my assistant that I had had for so long, Rachel, for three years and bringing on um, somebody to do marketing. And so this is a funny story for you. So I actually reached out to my very first client who is in that field whenever I knew this needed to happen. And I just said, hey, I'm looking for a person that will do X, Y, Z. Do you know anybody in your network? And she immediately replied with, I want it. I want to do it. And what's so cool about this is I had been manifesting this for years. So when her and I worked together, again, she's my very first client. So it was almost 10 years ago that we worked together. Um, she was in a place in her career where she was highly underutilized to a point where I was like, man, this girl is a diamond in the rough and doesn't even know it. 
And as we coached together, she really built her confidence. She got some great networking opportunities and she up-leveled her career a lot, has worked her butt off the past 10 years, and now has helped create two multi-million dollar businesses with the marketing she's been able to do for them. And so in the back of my head, I've just always had this wish of, man, I would love for her to work for me. I'd love for her to work for me, but man, I know how much she's making and I just can't pay her that, right? And so I just you know, kind of put it on the back burner of like, maybe one day that would work out. Right. Um, and so it was such a dream come true when she's like, Oh my gosh, I want to do this. Um, and I was like, well, are you sure this is what it's paying? And she's like, you know, I'm, I'm looking to make some changes and I would really love to do that. And I thought, man, it's like, no, there's no better person for this job because although she went through the very first versions of what now my coaching process is and many things have changed since then. Um, So she doesn't know all the stuff that goes on in the biz these days, but she was one of my hardest working clients because, and she was one of my first because, and we were so intimate with one another because she was one of my, my first and I was beta testing her on a lot of things. Um, and she was really hungry and she knew she was getting a great opportunity because I only charged her $25 a session. And that just simply just covered my babysitter at the time. Cause I was like, I just really need somebody to test this with me. Um, so yeah, that's what ended up happening in the business of transitioning into that. And so since then, when she came on board in September, it's been October, November, December of creating some new freebies and funnels. We just updated the websites and we're going to start doing a lot of marketing, um, with Google ads. We've been doing some stuff on social that has kind of been hit or miss. We're trying to, we're trying to find our groove there. Um, and I'm going to be doing some networking things and a lot of things going on there to really pump that up. And she's coached me through a lot of my marketing blocks with stuff because that's one of the biggest things I need support on is I can get my head a lot about putting myself out there because it's just really uncomfortable for me, which again, my Enneagram assessment when I took it showed me that very clearly because as I said, I have a lot of Enneagram nine and that I don't want to take action sometimes because it disrupts the piece. But um, she's been really great at working me through that, which has been awesome. Um, Okay, last thing or last two things I want to say about my career from this year. The first is that in August, I brought on an assessment called Total Brain. So let me give you a backstory on this really quick. I took total brain when I got a brain scan at the end of 2021 with Amen Clinics. And then my husband got a brain scan uh, last year. And so he t- went through and, and you know, took total brain. And then my daughter went through it this year and took total brain. And what I found is that whatever your assessment results were on total brain, it was kind of foreshadowing what your brain scan was going to show you. And so there was a while that I was really caught on the thought of, oh, I want to give my clients brain scans. How can I make that happen? Like, how can I integrate this into my business in some way? And I was like, well, you know, Lindsay, you're not a doctor. You're not a a psychiatrist. Like you can't bring this in, right? Um, Until I thought, what about total brain? Like total brain, again, foreshadows what's to come. And so it'll give you a really quick and easy way to show your clients and to show me as a practitioner of here's somebody that needs more help 
and needs to go get a brain scan potentially. And here's somebody that just needs some other things to clean up. Um, and so I was able to bring that on into my business. Only practitioners can bring it on. It's kind of a big deal to get access to it. It's kind of pricey to be honest with you. And the onboarding process was not enjoyable by any means. They had basically no onboarding process. So I was teaching myself how to use this assessment by reading pages and pages of scientific notes and kind of putting things together on my own. And it was hell, to be quite honest with you, because I was like, I'm paying all this money. I don't even get onboarding. The Enneagram training was so much more than I thought. I have these new clients now that I'm you know, bringing back in with Awaken Women grads and such. And it was just a lot of stress on my body at that time. Um, but I figured it out. I figured it out. And I could explain total brain and your assessment results to you probably in my sleep now. And I believe I do a much more thorough and better job than even the psychiatrist at Amen Clinics. Um, so props to me. I a thing did that thing. And I love having total brain in the biz now because it flags you for things like, hey, this person may have ADHD or depression or anxiety, or actually it's not those things. This person just needs to work on their conscious negativity bias. So they just need to work on seeing the world in a more positive way. Or this person just needs some help regulating their nervous system. Or this person's just really, really stressed right now and needs to set some boundaries. So again, it's, it's a really great scientific way for me to go to clients and you know, take kind of opinion out of it of, hey, so-and-so, you need to set boundaries. Instead, I can say, based on this scientific report of this assessment of total brain, you need to set some boundaries. So let's work on it, right? So it's just given um, my business and my coaching a whole new layer, which has been great. Another thing that happened this year in my business, and it came out in October, was something that was inspired by a client she came to me in one coaching session and she's like, Lindsay, there are times when I'm just in the moment of something and I just need like a quick little guidebook to look at to help me get through that thing versus like searching through pages of notes or, you know, posting on our messaging app and waiting for you to reply. Like I just need it in that moment. And so from there was birthed what's now called the Awakened Woman Grad Guidebook. And so when someone goes through Awakened Woman, at the end of it, they get this graduate guidebook. Um, and so in it, it takes the whole course and it puts it down in kind of one page format. So if you're feeling confused, if you're feeling stuck, ways to grow your authentic self, um, what to do you know, when you're up leveling, how to set your goals, daily habits to do, weekly, monthly, quarterly habits to do. And so it just takes, again, that whole process that somebody goes through with Awaken Woman and makes it really easy for them to implement it over and over and over again. And that's a great resource for them to have, even if they don't do my program Awaken Woman grads, because they can just kind of pull out that guidebook and coach themselves in essence. Um, so I put that together and that was just a really cool moment for me too, because um, you know, again, I think a big theme of this past year was like, wow, Lindsay, you know your shit. Like, wow, Lindsay, you've like really put in the time here. Like you've really put together some really incredible tools and a really incredible process. And it's allowed me to fall like deeper in love with Awakened Woman because now I've been coaching that thing for 10 years. Granted, it's gotten updates along the way, but you know, it's kind of like 
a married couple. Like you kind of just like, eh, it's all right, right? But I fell back in love with that process even more. Um, and now that we've added more stuff to it, like Awakened Man and the Guidebook and Total Brain and things of that sort and the Enneagram, like holy shit, like you're going to walk out of that program like, like awakened <laughs> and just like in a whole new state of your world, right? It's, it's next level. So that was really fun. Um, the last thing I just want to say about my career, and then we'll talk about family and health and beauty, which I promise aren't as long, is just, you know, I was really looking at what I want to do next in my career. And although I'm so in love with Awakened Woman and um, I love the results it creates for people and stuff, I just feel like I needed something new. And I really wanted something that, to be completely honest with you, that I didn't have to do a ton of marketing for to get an ROI on. So as I said, I don't really love marketing, right? I'm at this place too. As I said, I'm really being shown time and time again, you know, where I'm at in regards to how um, progressed I guess I am in my skill set, um, really entering kind of this expert status, right? And so I started to think about, do I want to enter corporate? Do I want to do some coaching in corporate? What would that look like? How would that feel? And as I've kind of sat with it for a bit now, it's been a couple months, and I even put together a resume, and one of my clients helped me do it. Shout out to her. I'm sure she's listening. It was so helpful. Um, yeah, I've really gotten to a place of like, I'm ready to go to corporate, baby. Like, I'm ready to do some corporate partnerships, be it, you know, I come in as a consultant, maybe I even come on as an employee and really start to shake up some things in corporate and to just kind of be that corporate rock star again. And one of the reasons why I had this aha with this was around my birthday, so in August. I had this idea of I'm going to write my life story, but I'm going to write it from a very high level view of somebody who's extremely healed. And so it's very basic, like Lindsay Elizabeth was born on August 20th, 1984, blah, 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 her parents, blah, 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 right? So as I'm writing the story of my life, I get to the point where I'm in my early career years and I'm um, just kind of reflecting on as I'm writing this, like, you know, certain seasons when you're like, damn, I love that season of my life. Like, man, that was awesome. Right. And so I'm seeing this pattern of when I'm starting to say that to myself of, hmm, it was the season and the season and the season. So I look at those seasons and I think, what are the commonalities among those seasons? And I realize the biggest thing is it's when I'm working a lot. It's when I have a day job and then I have a side job. And it's, it just allows, I just feel so powerful. I feel so like, oh, I wrote down all the words, but like beautiful even. I feel smart. I feel useful. I just feel like the best of me in those seasons of my life. And I haven't had those seasons in a really long time. And I think that's taken a part of me. Um, and I've lost some of myself in that because I really wanted to focus on my kids and my health at one point, right? And so as I'm taking that in, I was like, I'm going back to corporate, baby. And I know for a lot of people, they don't like corporate. They think it's kind of a step back after having your business. But I had really great experiences in corporate. Um, I really loved corporate. Um, and, and granted, I didn't get to spend a ton of time there. So I'm not bitter and resentful toward corporate. But yeah, I thrived in corporate. And I really think if you find the right 
positions and the right companies and especially having the right boss or bosses, it is so much fun. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at with that is I'm starting to apply for jobs. And what's been really cool with that is I've been looking at these jobs before I apply, go in and I customize my resume for that job based on what my recruiter client gave me as feedback, which is so helpful. Um, and at first I'll be like, Ooh, I don't know, this might be kind of a stretch job. And then as I customize my resume for it, I'm like, wow, I'm actually overqualified for this job. And I didn't even realize it. Like I'm remembering things that I've done that, I totally forgot about, right? Um, or I'm looking at things in a different light of like, oh yeah, I am a great teacher. I've recorded over 600 videos and over 200 podcasts and written over a thousand emails, you know, like I've done some shit here, right? So it's just been really fun to kind of get back in that corporate environment because what I do love about corporate too is you're measured on so many things and you're given a lot of feedback normally. Um, and it's feedback that's outside yourself. Like when you're an entrepreneur, right? Sometimes you feel like you're kind of making stuff up, right? <laughs> Even though you've got clients that give you feedback and stuff like that, but you feel like you're kind of like fluffing yourself up versus having this team around you of peers and superiors to you that are really, you know, helping you grow. And um, I don't know, just kind of that team environment, I guess, too, is what I miss. So I'm super excited about adding this to my business um and i know what i want to add because i'm sitting here with all the different qualities that i want in this corporate position or positions um and i'm i'm really excited about it and you may think well Lindsay, what does this mean for your business my business is still gonna be my business i don't think many of y'all realize like how little i work right now like it's really only client call wise like five hours a week of client calls that I have. And I have one week that's totally off. Like that is complete like side job hours. Um, so yeah, I've had a pretty cushy life lately <laughs> in regards to amount of time I work. So um, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at with that. All right, I just wanna end up with the career thing saying that this has been my best year ever, ever. I have worked with the most fabulous women, not saying that years past wasn't great, but I've really gotten to a place where I understand who I work with really well. I understand who works with me really well, when they're in the right season, how to support them, um, what's a great price point for them so it's not blowing out their nervous system so they can really integrate and explore and expand in the coaching. And I credit a lot of that to doing the deep, deep work that I did on myself, especially doing the diversity, equity, inclusion work that I did for two years with Alyssa Hall. By far, best investment I've ever made in my business. Um, I mean, we just dug through so many things for me to really understand my process on a deep level and understanding who it's for so I can have clientele that walks away saying, damn, that was the best investment ever, which is my core value of my business. Um, and so it's just been a really great year of them being happy, me being happy, and us just kind of being rainbows and daisies, kind of, in all honesty. It's been a lot of fun. Um, and the, the other thing I want to say about my career, I've been saying this over and over, but um, I'm also at a place where I'm studying for and preparing for the MCC. So that master certified coach level, I have more hours than I need to do a training and I need to get more coaching hours and I need to get some mentorship hours and I need to actually study for that exam because I think it has a pretty high fail rate. 
think it's like 80% fail the first time or something like that. I mean, it's hardcore. Um, and so I can't just go in there on a whim and be like, Oh, let me take this exam today. Like I'm going to have to study my ass off. Um, and so that's what I'm going to be preparing for for the next two years and probably we'll be adding on another certification to we'll kind of see what happens in regards to the corporate situation because they may want to send me to like Hogan training or something like that um but I kind of got my eye on adding the Clifton Strengths training or doing the second part of Enneagram training which is for teams um I think it's just teams it might be teams and groups I don't know but um yeah that's probably gonna happen the next year too Okay, that's career. You still with me? Whew, let's take a breather for a minute, okay? All right. I took a breather for a minute. I stopped the recording, got some water, shook it out. Maybe you need to take a break and come back to this because um, I forget what research it is, but after like 45 minutes-ish, our brain starts to tune out a little bit, okay? I'm going to keep going on this episode because I want to put it all together, but if you need a break, take it. All right, I'm going to talk about two more sections and then we're going to wrap this thing up. The next section that I want to talk about is family. Um, And I just want to touch on a couple things here with my kids and um, some fun things that we did as a family and then my marriage. So first thing is one of the hardest things about 2022 was that my kids we're getting sick a lot, especially my son. My son even spent some time in the hospital. We had this emergency emergency situation where one night we wake up and he's kind of gasping for air. We didn't really know what it was. Turns out that he was having an asthmatic attack. And because my husband and I don't have asthma, we didn't even know what it was, right? So we take him to urgent care and they get him on oxygen right away. And we're kind of taken via the kids ambulance downtown to the kids hospital and we were in the PICU and it was not fun. So um, the thing that was happening was my son was getting sick like every month and it was the same thing. He would get congestion. That congestion would turn into phlegm. He would throw up. He would get a fever. And it was like this three-day process. And so what would happen, I'd obviously keep him home from school because we didn't want it to be contagious. We kind of knew what was coming in the process. And that was a lot, like every month to take off those three days. And then on top of that, you know, they've got their holidays. They've got their breaks. They've got snow days. And it just felt like every month, you know, we were kind of having to rearrange our schedules because we had an unexpected child at home that was, you know, at that time, four years old. Um, And so it's not like he can just be on his own throughout the day. And granted, my husband and I have very flexible schedules. We were able to make it work, but it was just unnecessary stress. And especially because it was the same thing over and over again. And I really wasn't getting the support I felt like I needed because I'm not a medical professional. Like, I don't know what the hell this is, right? And it wasn't until my son's preschool teacher just kept putting in my ear of like, I think this is allergies. I think this is allergies. I think his immune system gets run down because of allergies too. And so I finally went to my pediatrician very early in January of this year, 2023, and said, listen, I I need some help here. I need you to refer me to an allergist and kind of took back the reins of my son's health and just said, you know, give me a referral. I want to check this out. Best decision ever. Went to the allergist, got him allergy tested. That poor boy is allergic to so many types of grass and trees um, and so many, you know, molds and dust and all the things. And so we were able to start to um, do a protocol for him so that he doesn't have 
allergies as much. And that has opened up so many doors for all of us. He's barely ever got sick this year. He doesn't have any of those asthmatic attacks. Um, Every once in a while, we might do a breathing treatment here and there, but it's very rare. And he's just been able to go and be his cute little five-year-old self and kind of thrive in the world. And that's been amazing. Um, So of course, in that process too, got my daughter tested and she had just as many allergies, which was kind of shocking given that It didn't seem to be that much of an issue. Um, And in that process, too, we realized her adenoids were still around and swollen. She had a deviated septum. She had a severe tongue tie. And so that poor baby was just not breathing. Um, And so it made sense with a lot of the athletic stuff she would do. You would just see her just gasping for air. And we opened the doors to obviously treating her allergies. She does these allergy drops now and takes her Claritin and such. And we're looking at potentially having to have a surgery with adenoids and or septum. And she did some myofunctional therapy for her tongue and got a tongue tie release. And so she's been working really hard on some things that most kids don't have to go through just to be able to breathe and um, sleep. Because if you're not able to breathe well, that can cause anxiety and depression and all the things, which leads me to in March of this year, my daughter, Izzy, she was in my ear a lot about getting a brain scan. And it was something I had been putting in her ear for a while, but she was like, no, mommy, I do not want to um, get, you know, blood drawn or whatever. And she wasn't ready to take supplements yet because I told her, I was like, you know, you're going to get a scan and they're going to tell you to take certain supplements. And so there's no point in getting a scan if you're not going to be able to do the treatment plan. And so she was really working on it, working on swallowing pills and like doing the mindset she needed to do to be able to handle getting the blood draw. Um, so finally she came to me and she's like, I'm ready. I want to do this. And of course, it was kind of bad timing because we had some other things going on. But I was like, I want to honor where she's at, even though this is going to stretch us financially. And we made the brain scan happen. And oh, my goodness. Whew. When you see a brain scan, I mean, you can't you can't avoid anymore. It's right there on the scan. Okay, it's kind of the same thing of what happens when you take the total brain assessment. As I said, it kind of foreshadows what's on the scan. You can't hide from total brain. You can't hide from a brain scan for sure, right? So we were able to really see, you know, that not only does she have limbic ADHD like I have, which is basically depression-like symptoms that lead to ADHD um, problems, she also has something called overfocus ADD. So um, she basically gets in this thought pattern of being overfocused on something, and then it leads to her, you know, losing focus in other areas. So this is what you can see sometimes with people who have like OCD. Um, he said this can lead to eating disorders, things of that sort. And he's like, "Man, are you better be like giving yourself a pat on the back that you caught this early because this could have led to some big problems." Um, And so that was really gut-wrenching and really heartbreaking to face some of that of, wow, this is where my daughter's at. And I had some idea, right? Because, you know, I saw that she had some anxiety. I saw that, you know, there were moments that she was down, but it would be very easy for most people to say, ah, that's just being a teenager, right? They're just kind of lazy sometimes. Oh, they're just like working through this stuff. Oh, they're just, you know, kind of the teenage angst. And I'm just so glad that um, we did the brain scan. I'm just so glad. I am forever grateful that we were able to catch it at age 12 and get her the support 
she needed because although it was gut-wrenching and heartbreaking to face that, then I could start to help her heal um, because nobody wants their kid to leave their care and have problems that they have to go solve on their own, right? And that's like the biggest thing I want for my kids is I don't want them spending their 20s, 30s and beyond doing all the coaching like I've had to do and the therapy and the healing and all those things. I want them to get what they need as children so that when they leave this little nest of mine, yeah, they're going to keep growing and needing support in different ways, but they don't feel overwhelmed by it. They can just go out and live their life and thrive. And um, so we had to face some of that, which included facing just the amount of trauma she really goes through at her dad's house um, and how hard that is. And me having to kind of put a sock in my mouth with some of that to kind of keep the peace. And this is where my Enneagram nine stuff comes up again. Um, and really having to face of like, okay, I'm gonna have to have some hard conversations here. I'm gonna have to face some stuff with him. Um, and it was not pleasant and it was not enjoyable, but I'm so glad we did that. And what opened up, and I think one of the best things that happened for her and for us beyond her getting those, you know, diagnosis, cause that can just be really affirming, right. And getting the supplements and the treatment plan of, you know, different biological, biological things for her to do was, them introducing her to her therapist and we started with her in May and she is amazing and I am so picky when it comes to healers and people in you know professional development or personal development whatever you want to call it and she is incredible she was with the VA for 20 years she's like semi-retired now um it just so happened to be that her son goes to the school that my daughter goes to, but yet they're not very Christian like we are. And um, she just has a couple clients that she meets with every week. And so she's able to go really in depth with Izzy. She's available to talk to her between calls. She has this just huge amount of knowledge. She's been teaching me so many things um, while she's been teaching Izzy. And I'm just so grateful for that relationship because Izzy getting the treatment that she needs has uh, given me the space for me to now take on more of my career because for a long time, you know, Izzy really just had me in a lot of ways. Yeah, her dad comes in and out. Her dad does some things financially. It's not like he's this deadbeat dad, but the the bulk of the weight was on me. I would say like 90, 95% of the weight. And I knew there were some things she needed to heal um, and I just wasn't the right person to heal that for her for many reasons. A, I'm her mom and B, she really needed a therapist, not a coach. She needed someone to really go deep into some of the trauma of that. Um, and so she's been able to do that. And I'm just, I'm so grateful. I can't even begin to tell you the amount of gratitude I have toward my daughter's therapist. She's amazing. Okay. The other thing I want to talk about with family is we moved. So if you've heard things in the past, you know, we were building this home for over a year. It took forever. It's not like we live in this huge home either. It's just the builder was really that shitty and really that unsystematized and lacked any sort of quality control processes. And it was hell. <clears throat> and the only reason we stuck with it is because we really wanted the location of this home because it's right near our kids' school so that they can walk back and forth, which, you know, opens up a lot for us, especially for my daughter who has a lot of games, who can easily walk back and forth on her own. So if like I'm not around or my husband's not around, we can just say, hey, just walk home, right? Um, because again, at a private school, we don't have a bus option, okay? So 
got the house, got in the house. Um, it was a lot of drama getting into this house, as I said. A lot of, lot of stress, a lot of stress. Um, and, you know, once we got into the house, it felt like a huge up level. It was just like this clean slate of energy. And I didn't even realize that I needed that kind of up level in my life because I loved my old home. I'd been there for over 10 years. It was like my single single mama little cave. Um, and I really didn't want to leave that home in a lot of ways. I really, really love that home. And so um, it was hard for me to step into this new home and to a point where I was kind of almost creating fights with my husband at times and being like, I'm just going to stay here. You go to the new house. <laughs> like, I don't want to leave. And so when I came here, though, it became very clear of, whew, I'm, I'm glad to like start this new chapter of my life. And my client had sent me a video as this move was happening of, you know, it's really hard to heal the trauma in the place that the trauma happened. And even though my ex only lived at that home for a few months before everything went down and I discovered his double life and stuff, you know, I was still in that home when I went through that. And so it, you know, there was just like this lingering essence of that energy there and when I went to the new home it was like our home it was a fresh start being it new I cleaned the energy even before we got in here which I know is woo to some of you but it was great um and it was so great too because we were able to start fresh in this home with our furniture we donated almost all of our old furniture which was really nice stuff we could have easily sold that stuff but we have somebody that we know that runs a charity. And so they come into our area and they get furniture from families like us who are doing pretty well. And they take that furniture down into different parts of the area where people are, you know, leaving like domestic violence situations or, you know, getting apartments after being unhoused for a while or they're veterans or things of that sort. And so it just felt really abundant and I just felt so grateful we were at a place where we could do that. Um, even though there was a part of me that was like, Ooh, Lindsay, you could really, you know, take that money and use it in other ways. Um, but what was so beautiful about that is when we went to go sell our home because we did move into our new home before we sold the old one. So we had some time to kind of clean out and take it slow. Um, we ended up getting what I kind of figured we would get for the furniture in the price of our home. So our asking price plus that extra amount that I thought we were gonna get in the furniture had we sold it, which is such a universe moment, right? Of the universe being like, I got you, you pay it for it, I will pay it back to you big time. Um, so such a great moment in that. But I will say when we went to go sell our old home and we were seeing the offers coming in, I was so nervous that no one was going to want that home because I could see the imperfections and I knew the bathrooms needed updating. I knew the carpets weren't great. I could see some things that were outdated, right? And things that we just didn't want to invest in. Um, and so I felt really uncomfortable kind of putting that out in the world and to see the response that we got was just a beautiful thing. And it was really hard for me to let go of that house and say goodbye for the last time, um, walking around that house and just realizing, you know, that was the last time I was going to be there when that had been such a safe haven for me and really a cocoon in a, in a way that it was almost detrimental because I didn't want to leave. Like I was just so comfortable in that home that, you know, there were times in my career and such that I was like, eh, I don't really want to go the networking thing, or I really don't want to put myself out there. I'm just so comfortable here. Um, and it was kind of hard to like rip that away from me 
And um, I felt a lot of guilt too because I had bought that house and it was only $169,000. And we bought that house when I was 27. And that was a stretch for us at that time. And to then sell the house for over 400K, I just felt gross about it, to be honest. Was like, okay, it's only been 11 years for a house to over double in price. Like, that's just crazy. And I don't know how anybody could ever afford this home, especially in their early parts of their career. Like, that's just unreasonable. Um, and, but, you know, the market is what it is. What am I going to do? Like, not get the ROI on the house. So I just had a lot of mixed feelings about that. And I also felt like that house reflected my soul back to me because I had designed everything in that home. Um, And when I was leaving that home, I just kept thinking, oh my gosh, I'm going to lose the magic that this home gave me. And as I was processing and crying and crying and crying even more, um, the message that I got from the universe was, Lindsay, you were the magic. You were the one that put the magic in the walls. You were the one that created such a positive energy in that home that everybody wanted that home. That's you, baby. And for me to really take that in and soak that in, whew, man, it it brought me to even more tears and um, was just a really, really powerful moment in my growth um, to be able to kind of take that in. So that was one of the big things we did. And in the move, I took it really slow from February to April. I didn't really work that much other than, you know, the clients that I had and took the move extremely slow, looking at each item that we had. Are we going to bring this over to the new house? If so, where are we going to put it? And so now everything is completely organized. Everything has a place. I know where everything is in this home and um, everything has a system. And I wanted to take that slow because I was spending so much time and there's so much invisible labor going on of me keeping track of everything in my mind of where things go. And now that everybody's on board here in the home of where it goes and I have a system for everything, I don't worry about anything. I just know that everything's going to be put back where it goes. If we're running low on something, we've got some systems in place to alert that. And so everything just runs super smoothly, which again has opened up so much headspace for me to be able to do more in my career now. So I highly suggest if you're in a place where you feel like you've got a lot on your plate, um, a lot of invisible labor too, to really take the time and declutter and systematize your home. It is worth it for sure. The other thing I just want to touch on, and this is so silly, that when we moved, you know, we got new appliances, we got new furniture, we hired this designer. It was like a lot going on, right? And at the time, there was a lot of money going out the door and I felt really uncomfortable with that. But my husband had to remind me of like, Lindsay, we lived like way below our means for many years um, for us to be able to do this, right? So one thing that we did do is when we went and got appliances, we got this fridge for our kitchen that was really nice and lovely and washer and dryer that's really nice and lovely. And then we got this kind of like beater fridge for our garage. And I can't even tell you like how excited I was about this beater fridge because I grew up, maybe you did too, and you know, this is like 80s, 90s time where you'd go over to somebody's house, at, house and if they had two fridges, it was like, oh my God, this is like the best house in the entire world. Like you'd go to their house and you'd like look in their fridge and then they'd be like, oh, we keep all the ice cream and sodas and you know, whatever, frozen pizzas out in the garage fridge and freezer. 
And then you go out there and you'd be like, whoa, like this is so cool. And so I always had this dream of like one day I'm going to have a home with two fridges and the outside fridge is going to have all the really cool, awesome stuff that when people come over, especially kids they are going to be like, wow, that's the coolest thing ever. And I did that. And so it's just such a full circle moment for me to be like, wow, Lindsay, you have made it in your life. And my inner child was just like so impressed and so excited for me. <laughs> and so it's just those little things, right? That like make such a big difference in how you feel about yourself and how you feel about your life, which is so funny because now we've realized they didn't sell us the right beater fridge for the garage and it doesn't work in the cold times. And so we have to get a new one. But long story short in that, or long story long, we got a great fridge and I'm going to keep that fridge and I'm feeling like a bougie ass bitch by having that fridge. All right. Okay. A couple other things I want to just touch on really quick with family is we didn't do any really big trips this year as a family because we were investing a lot in the home, but we did go to Broken Bow, Oklahoma three different times. And so if you don't know about Broken Bow, it's like three hours from the DFW area because again, I'm in the Dallas, Fort Worth, Texas area. Um, and it's kind of like a place where we go in this area. A lot of people have invested in these luxurious cabins there. Like my daughter's home ec teacher has a cabin. We have some friends that have cabins or land there. It's just kind of like the thing that we do in our area. And so it was really fun to like get away in nature and to be in these, you know, multi-million dollar cabins. And it was just a really great time. And next year, so meaning 2024, I'm actually taking my Living the Dream clients there for a long weekend. We've already rented this huge, awesome cabin and we're going to hang out in the lake and we're going to have campfires and we're just going to have a lot of fun. So I'm so excited to take him there and I'm so excited we got to spend that time in Broken Bow, including one of the times that we got to spend with my husband's friend that he's had since college. And that trip was really significant because we went in May and then September rolls around. So May to June, July, four months later, I come home one day from a really long day with my daughter playing volleyball games. If you're a volleyball parent, you know what I'm talking about. It was a Saturday tournament. We're getting up at 530. We're there all day coming home. I'm exhausted. I've listened to whistles in my ear all day and it was I was just overstimulated and I come in and I say to my husband oh my god I survived I did it and he just looks at me with this really sad face and I'm thinking oh my god what is about to come out of his mouth and he just says Jim Williams died and starts sobbing um in my arms and I'm like what what are you talking about like I was so confused and Jim Williams um was his best friend um and I was like, oh my God, it must have been an accident. Like, was there a car accident? He's like, no, he collapsed this morning and they just weren't able to revive him. And it's just one of those moments where you're just like, what reality am I living in? Like, is am I being punked here? Is this a prank? Like, I just cannot believe a 46-year-old man just like this happens, right? Um, and so that was really hard to go through that because although Jim and I weren't close, like I don't even think Jim and I ever had a direct conversation with one another. It was like, you know, through just us hanging out collectively as families, he was just a great guy to be around. And Jason, my husband, you know, isn't around a lot of guys because 
Jason's just he doesn't really put up with a lot of bullshit like he doesn't like to be around guys who are superficial or one-dimensional and Jem wasn't that Jem was really funny and Jem I thought I think was probably on the spectrum a little bit so he just kind of like didn't necessarily follow all the social graces of things and I loved him for that and he was brilliant which again makes me think he was on the spectrum because he could just put numbers and data together in like a blink of an eye and he was just super successful um, professionally so Jason and Jim actually work together they work at the same company and um, I just loved seeing my husband around Jim because it just brought out a side of him that I love of just being fun and being challenged a little bit um, they really did feel like brothers and so you know it was just a really hard time to watch Jason go through that to process what Jim's wife and children were going through because honestly his wife Shannon was like living my worst nightmare um you know if you've followed me for a while you know that my husband was diagnosed with a blood cancer in 2022 and granted it doesn't impact life expectancy but you know he can bleed out if he has too many platelets if he doesn't have enough he can have a stroke and I just feel like you know, it's, it's a big impact. And the kind of medicine that he takes is basically a form of chemo. And he has to be on that now for the rest of his life. And that impacts, you know, how much energy he has. And, you know, I just feel like it, it, it was a hard diagnosis to take in and to really process. And so to watch Shannon go through all of that was heartbreaking. Um, but also it was so reassuring because Jim being in the financial world's that's what Jim and Jason do. Um, you know, Shannon has been set up very well financially. Um, and so that's been reassuring to be able to see. And I had a whole week with my clients where I was like, all right, everybody, do you have your trust? Do you have your life insurance? Do you have your blah, blah, blah? Because this makes a huge difference because my ex, his father died young. They didn't have any of that set up because of course they didn't. They were first generation immigrants from Columbia. And so then his mom was working her ass off for the rest of his life, still working her ass off. Whereas had they had something set up like life insurance, um, you know, that could have been a very different life for them. So really hard situation, but also a really beautiful moment um, to realize, you know, Shannon's going to be okay financially. And also seeing Jason speak at Jim's funeral and, um, you know, it was in front of a lot of their coworkers, including the CEO of the company and just really stepping, seeing him step into that moment was a really beautiful moment. It's probably one of the top moments I've had in my life, to be quite honest with you. Um, and it really is just still unbelievable that Jim has passed. It's like, I don't know. It's just, it's crazy. Okay. Last thing I want to say about my personal life is, um, my marriage. Sorry, I was just going through my notes to make sure I talked about everything else. So if you've heard for other years, my marriage has been in a hard spot. I would say like since mid 2019, it was not in a great place. Like we were just arguing a lot. We didn't feel like we're on the same page with things. I was doing a lot of growth and development and I felt like he wasn't doing growth and development. And so I worried I was outgrowing the relationship. Um, I was also doing a lot of 
work with unpacking gender bias and so I could see the misogyny in my marriage a lot and I didn't really know how to handle that well and so I was very angry and it just wasn't a vibe like we had some moments but it was hard hard um and so you know on that note too like I was getting coached on my marriage for a long time like that was like consuming my mind it was so hard so then 2023 rolls around and as we left 2022 Jason and I got in an argument sometime in November and I was like that's it you're getting a brain scan like I can't deal with this anymore I need to know like what's going on behind the surface for you to be so rigid like I really thought he had OCD um and so I didn't want to be sitting here like trying to challenge him if I'm dealing with a legitimate problem on my hand that's way bigger than what I can handle as a coach and wife, right? So I have him do a brain scan and uh, we didn't get the results at the very end of December. So I haven't talked about this publicly in the podcast, but he doesn't have OCD, although that's what they put down on paper um, because the DSM is just so outdated. But he has this part of his brain that's overactive that causes rigidity. And then he also has this part of this, his brain that's overactive that causes outward moodiness. So that's what I was dealing with <laughs> was like, why are you so rigid and why are you taking this out on me? And it would come out of nowhere. Like this brilliant, logical guy would just go into these moments of what felt like obsession over the smallest of things in my brain. And so um, that was really reassuring to see like this isn't all me this isn't me making stuff up um this is a legitimate thing and so Jason got on some supplements he started working with a therapist to do some cognitive behavioral therapy to analyze his thoughts which you know if you're a client of mine this is just doing the model basically um and he started to work through some things and we've had our moments this past year, including a moment in July where he got upset with me because his swim shirt didn't get washed. Um, and I had it with him and I was like, I'm done. And I started looking at apartments to move out into because I was so pissed because this, I'll get to this more in my health in a bit, but this summer, especially July, I did not feel well. In fact, I was like bleeding out. Okay. And again, I'll get into more of that in a minute. So for him to be like pissed that his swim shirt didn't get washed was just, it felt ridiculous. And I was over it. And especially working through all the misogyny I've worked through, I'm like, clean your own damn shirt. You know, like I got better things to do than to worry about if your swim shirt got cleaned or not. And, and I just get frustrated with him because it's like, you need to be bigger than your brain. Okay. You need to recognize when you get in this rigid rigid pattern and you need to stop yourself and you need to use your tools and you need to do whatever you need to do meditate breathe I don't know call your therapist take some extra supplements I don't know but I'm not putting up with this because part of this too and I'll just go ahead and start talking about my health stuff is I started using this ring called the aura ring o-u-r-a it was something a client suggested because I want to start testing my clients on their HRV. Because one of the things that we got when we moved is a sleep number bed. It starts testing all these things about you, including HRV. And I was like, what's this whole HRV thing? And so I started doing this deep dive and I was like, oh, this is basically testing how regulated your nervous system is. Like, I want to know that about my clients. 
Um, and this is before I implemented Total Brain, right? Because Total Brain can test that too. And so I started using the Aura Ring and I could see how when Jason has these moments, the amount of stress that puts me under. And we all know we are our inner circle, right? Who we surround ourselves with is who we become. And I was tired of it. I was like, I'm not dealing with these moments where you go into dysregulation anymore. I can't do it to myself. I love myself too much to do this. Even though I love you dearly, I cannot put myself through this anymore. Um, And so he started to get the message very loud and clear of like, I need to do some work here and thank the Lord above. He's got a therapist that works him through that. Um, And his therapist too is, you know, works through some things and allowed him to see some things with me, which, you know, I'm not rainbows and daisies and perfect over here either. Um, And so we've been able to work through some things um, in our relationship and just the way we're communicating and stuff like that. That's been really good. So although we had that really hard moment in late July, What was interesting is in early July, we took a couple's trip to Nashville together and um, that trip was mid, like I'm not a Nashville fan, sorry for my Nashville people out there, but um, we had some great moments in it and one of the moments was so unexpected and it was just a moment where we were just being with one another and I just started uncontrollably sobbing and I just started apologizing to him. I was like, I just had this big aha that I've been such an asshole to you And I have said things at times like I don't know if I wanted to get married and I don't know if I want to be married and um, I can only imagine how that's felt for you and it's probably made you feel like I don't love you and I don't care about you and I just want to apologize and let you know like I love you and um, I didn't know how to understand my body at that time when we were getting married because what my body was telling me was I wanted to marry you, but I didn't want to have a wedding. And so I started to get that really confused in my body. But now that I know my body awareness, which this happens, I got this from doing human design work, by the way. Um, Now that I know that, I want to just like apologize because I think this has really impacted our marriage. And he, you should have seen his face. His mouth was like on the floor of like, oh my gosh, like Lindsay, this is the apology I've needed for so long. And this is like open the doors for me to feel safe with you. And it was just a huge turning moment in our relationship. And again, it wasn't like something I was planning on talking about. It just came to me in this like divine download. Um, and I was just crying to him and he was crying to me. And it was just, it was a beautiful moment and such a turning point. So to go from that in early July to them, him being upset about the swim shirt and me being like, fucking I'm done was heartbreaking. <laughs> and that's what I told him too. I was like, I'm tired of these moments. Like we have these really great highs and we're having more highs and we're more stable now, but I cannot take these moments of you just like obsessing about something. So that's where our marriage is at now. I will say too, you know, I saw a TikTok or something the other day and it was talking about resentment in your marriage. And I realized I have no resentment in my marriage, not a single bit. And I used to have a ton that when I was working through like things of feminism and misogyny and stuff, because I was coming out of the programming that is, um, you know, what we were programmed as women to like put others needs before us and to, you know, not rock the boat and things of that sort. And so that creates a lot of resentment 
within our marriages. And so I had to have a lot of really hard conversations in my marriage with Jason of, I don't like that. I don't want to do that. Here's my boundary. Here's what needs to change. Hey, we need to, you know, divide up the labor more. Let's pull out the fair play cards and look at what you need to do and what I need to do. Even though he got triggered by a lot of that stuff. And I just faced hard moments with him over and over and over again. And that's what caused a lot of the tension between 2019 and 2022 was me just facing things over and over and over again. Because here's the thing, if I hadn't faced those moments, our relationship would have absolutely been over. Or I would have just stayed miserable. And it wasn't like I was miserable because he's like a bad person, right? Like I love him. I think he's amazing. But we had dynamics in our relationship that needed to change. Um, Because again, there was just misogyny all up in it. And neither one of us wanted it to be there. It just happened to be there. Like we were just you know, drink the Kool-Aid in essence that we didn't want to drink of patriarchy and we need to unpack that. And I had to be the one to unpack that because of course he benefited from all that. He benefited from me doing most of the labor on the house. He benefited from me not having pleasure in my life because, you know, he was just walking around kind of oblivious to the whole thing. It was very uncomfortable for him to realize my wife's not happy. (laughs) You know, what am I going to do to change that? So I will just say, speak your truth in your marriage man speak your needs do the work to unpack that you can do that in awaken woman with me and if you happen to not do that work when you did awaken woman with me let's work on it in awaken woman grads or something but it is worth every hard conversation i will tell you that because i love where our marriage is at now to a point where the, the reason why I'm able to record this episode when I am is because my husband and my son went to go visit his family on their own because I told him, I was like, I'm not really at a place where I want to go do that right now. I need to focus on my career and focus on things with myself. And that stirred up some things in him. He was triggered by it. But I was like, this is my boundary. And this is what I'm doing. Um, and so again, it was a hard conversation. But if I had gone, I would have sat there resentful the whole time. And be thinking, oh my gosh, I really want to do some other things. And again, knowing that I can see my stress levels now, I know it's not just a three, four day adventure of stress. It's a 10, 15 day adventure of stress to regulate my body out of that experience. And I ain't doing that no more. Like it's not worth it. Some things are just unknown now. And I just have to rock the boat sometimes to be able to um, make what it is that I want happen. All right. So that's family. I touched a little bit about health and beauty, but let's dive deep into it. But let's take a quick break. I'm going to get a drink of water and maybe you do too. All right, my love, here we are in the last section. I got some water. I took a break. Hopefully you did too. Let's wrap this thing up and talk about health and beauty. And I will say, I think you can get the most growth from what I'm going to talk about in this last section here. So I'm glad you're sticking around because there are a lot of great takeaways. Okay, so where do I want to start with this? I'm just going to start with, generally speaking, with my mental health was at a pretty good place all year long until November. Um, And I'll kind of talk about in depth in a bit what happened in November, but I had started a very low dose of an antidepressant at the end of last year because last November... It was similar to what happened this November, and I went to Amen Clinics and my psych- my psychiatrist there and said, hey, 
I think I need to get an antidepressant. And he's like, well, that makes sense given your brain scan, right? You've got a overactive limbic system. And so we started on something low dose and that was all I needed. And I felt a lot better. And it just felt like I gave me that little pep that I needed to be able to do some of the natural things to heal the depression, like working out. And so um, I started ClassPass in January. So ClassPass is a service where you pay a pretty low amount every month. It ranges from like $30 and up from there. And you get a certain amount of points that you can use to different, mostly like boutique fitness studios, like bar studios, cycling, yoga, things like that. Um, And it was really great because you don't have to get memberships anywhere if you go out of town or you get sick, like you're not stuck with this membership that you're not using. And so I was able to do all these different workouts, which is awesome too, because you get to diversify your workouts. Um, And it has just been a great resource for me all year long to get back into a um, steadier workout routine. In fact, I did over 100 classes this year with ClassPass, which I know is like still not a ton, but hey, it's it's pretty good, right? Um, and what's been interesting too is now that I have this aura ring, I can see my activity levels and I definitely need to pump it up. Like I am not moving enough. But that has been tricky because although my mental health has been really good and I've been able to work out a lot more and heal some of the depression stuff naturally, starting in July-ish when we were in Nashville, I started to feel really off. I was getting lightheaded. I was feeling tightness in my chest. I was feeling like I couldn't breathe. And I honestly thought I was having like a cardiac event. So we come back from Nashville and I go to a cardiologist and I'm like looking up the side effects of the antidepressant. Like, oh my gosh, why am I having side effects now? Like, is this from that? Because it's the only med that I take. Um, Just like stop taking the antidepressant, like cold turkey, thinking like, holy shit, what's going on with me? Long story short and all of that, no cardiac issues, wasn't the antidepressant, although when I got off the antidepressant, I realized I didn't need it anymore and um, realized that because of the fibroids that I've had that I knew I had, um, I bleed out so much every month for my period that it's caused anemia. And so that's why I was having the symptoms I was having with the tightness and not being able to breathe and I was even getting headaches and just feeling really worn out. Like that's anemia 101, right? So I was like, oh my gosh, I got to face this fibroid thing, thinking like, oh my God, what am I going to do here? Like I, you know, one of the things that scared me the most about having kids is I did not want to have a C-section. And I'm sure if you've had a C-section, you're like, Lindsay, you're fearing something that's really not that bad. But the whole thought of someone cutting into me just scares the shit out of me. Um, So I know I'm such a baby. But I was like, oh, I really don't want to do that. So luckily, I found a procedure called a uterine fibroid embolization where they go through your wrist and they're able to treat the fibroids that way. Um, And again, I was really scared, though, because I've never even had a surgery or procedure in my whole life. I know I'm such a baby, but um, I had to do it right. Like the anemia was impacting my life a lot. That's why whenever Jason had his moment with the swim shirt in July and I was done, I had told him leading up to when that moment happened of, I'm not feeling well. This period is next level. Cause I was on my period when that happened. I was like, I am bleeding a lot. I'm really lightheaded. I'm not able to keep up. I was telling him all of these things. So for him to have the moment he did with the swim shirt, 
And knowing that that was going on with me, that's when I was like, I'm done, dude. Like, I can't do this anymore. So yeah, the fibroids anemia have not been a vibe. It has not been fun. I had the uterine fibroid embolization in October. That went really well. They told me, listen, you're going to be in a ton of pain for a week. You're not going to be able to work. We're going to give you so much pain meds to kind of ease the pain, but just realize even with pain meds, you're going to be in a ton of pain. And so I prepared for the worst and I was ready for it. And I didn't even need the pain meds. I like, I took them for two days because they told me like, do not break the pain meds. Like you think you're going to be able to break it and you will be in so much pain. And one night I was like, I'm just going to sleep through the night and see like how I feel in the morning. And I woke up and I was like, I feel fine. Like I don't need the pain meds. And so when I went and told the doctor that he was like, do not tell people your experience. This is like one in a million. You know, if, if everyone had your experience, I'd be, you know, rich. (laughs) So Um, he's like, I don't know why you had it. He's like, I promise the procedure works. And I was like, okay, but so it was really great. Um, you know, I will just say like, I'm very blessed to have a very healthy body. That's just one of the gifts that my, my family has had is to have a great physical body. Um, and so, you know, he's like, maybe it's cause you've never done drugs before. (laughs) That's why you didn't need pain meds and the pain meds worked really well when they needed to. I don't know. But, um, yeah, it just, it's, you know, it's still a process with these fibroids. Um, it's only three months since the procedure and my periods have gotten somewhat better, but not enough to heal the anemia. So I'm still dealing with that. Um, and so it, we really won't be able to tell if it's really worked until the six month mark. So we'll see, I'll get another MRI then to see if the fibroids are gone or at least, you know, shrunk or something. Um, something else we discovered in this process too is I have something called, oh, what's it called? Pelvic, pelvic inflammation syndrome or pelvic something, something like that. But basically it's like um, causes a lot of pain in your uterus and when he told me that, he's like, well, are you having pain during sex? Are you, you know, having pain just normal day by day? And I was like, no, I don't think so. And then I left and the next few days I became fully aware of all the pain I was like numbing myself to because I just gotten used to it. Right. I just kept thinking, oh, like, you know, it's just, I'm achy now. I'm just achy because I'm middle-aged and I realized, oh no, I'm in a lot of pain. And so that will be something else we'll have to treat. It's He says it's a really easy treatment. He just basically goes in through my vein again and, and does something. But um, yeah, so that hasn't been fun health-wise, but it's kind of out of my control in a lot of ways. And I've taken the steps that I need to take and I am ready to be done with this anemia stuff. It is not enjoyable. Those of you who have health issues that you deal with on an ongoing basis, I really don't know how you do it. Like I have no health resiliency because I have been so lucky to have great physical health. Um, mental health is a whole nother, sh- whole nother thing, right? That's why I'm in the profession I'm in. But physical health, I'm like, whoo, man, I don't know how y'all do it. And I will say anemia is hard too because one of the ways for me to feel really good, especially mentally, is to move my body. And if I'm sitting there like getting dizzy and wanting to pass out, or getting so tight in my chest that I can't breathe, that's hard. And so I have had to really limit myself this past year, not year, I guess really six months, and how much I've been able to move. Um, And so I've kind of just been in this limbo place, which has not been uncomfortable. So there's that. 
Um, something else though, in regards to healing with my mental health, you know, not only has the workouts helped and such, but I have been in therapy the past year and I started therapy at the end of last year after, you know, that year was wrapping up. I looked back on the year and I thought, you know, I just really wasn't as resilient as I want to be. I let some things really impact me this past year and I really want to go to therapy and process that. I went in thinking I was going to have to, you know, spend some time doing true like therapeutic work of looking at things in the past and really feeling my feelings and being held in that. And I got into therapy and my therapist did none of those things. And I'm so glad of that because at first I'd be like, well, I think, you know, I just need to feel through blah, blah, blah. And she'd be like, you'll feel it on your own. And I'd be like, okay. And I would want to talk about something and she'd be like, you figured it out you'll get it. And I'm like, what the hell is this kind of therapy? (laughs) You know, I'm like, this is like coaching. She was really hard on me, um, harder than any coach that I've had. So I was like, okay, this is like really interesting. But as the time went on, I trusted her enough to be able to see what she was doing. Cause I was trying to look at it from a practitioner standpoint. I'm like, what is she doing? Like, why isn't she allowing me to feel things? And later what I saw is she was getting me out of overindulging in my feelings. And she was teaching me how to embrace my feelings and in essence, really come back to myself because I had done some coaching that taught me to overindulge in feelings. Um, And it was just a really great process. And that's why I say a lot of times it was like coaching slash therapy because it really wasn't therapy. She really kind of put on a coach hat, even though she's not a trained coach, um, to kind of give me coaching. And she gave me a lot of ass kicking and I really appreciated it. And I will say one of the big things that I got from therapy was one of the big reasons why I even went to therapy was because of some kind of crappy experiences I had had in coaching in 2022. And when I told her about one of those crappy moments, um, about how I had this coach, I was her client, she worked my business. When we went to negotiate the next year, she decided she wanted to quit basically on the spot. She talked about me behind my back. She took some clients with her. It was just heartbreaking. It was the, it has been by far the biggest betrayal I have ever been through in my entire life. And the reason why that is, is because I gave her access to the most vulnerable parts of my life, which are my clientele, because remember she worked for me, my daughter, because she coached my daughter at times, and my psyche. Allowing her to come in and see some of the stuff that goes on behind the scenes in my head is very vulnerable for me. And to feel my feelings in front of other people at that time was very vulnerable for me. So for her to betray me in that, and that was a word that I didn't get until I had told my therapist the story. And she sat there and she's like, oh shit, you were betrayed. And I was like, Yes, that's the word I needed. And I ran home and looked at my feelings chart that I use with clients. And I was like, we missed the word betrayal on the feelings chart. Like that's the word I was trying to find the language to. And after she gave me that word, I was able to start to process that even more of like, okay, now I know what this was. This was a betrayal. Like I've never really felt this before. Like this is big. Um, And so being able to process that. And I must admit there have been times this past year where it's come up, you know, different healing that I need to do around it um, because I just did not understand it. I kept just really overthinking about it for a long time of like, I don't understand what I did to get treated that way. And 
I really wanted to make sure that I wasn't missing anything because I want to own my shit, right? Like I want to look at and take in if I made a mistake on something um, and I just could not find it. I could not find it. Like I found ways in which maybe, you know, I not maybe, I needed to communicate clearer on some things, um, but for it to be treated the way that I was treated in that, mm-mm. No. Um, and to then I had to really forgive myself because I did bring her into my business and expose her to people I really cared about. Right. And I felt a lot of guilt with that. Um, even though my clients would tell you like, Lindsay, it really wasn't a big deal. I'm, I guarantee you my daughter, when I say it to my daughter, sometimes she's like, mom, like it really wasn't a big deal. Like you're really overthinking this, but I really beat myself up about all that because I was like, oh man, I just can't believe, I just really thought I could trust this person and I'm just so sorry because trust is a big deal to me. And, um, you know, it, it really taught me a lot of lessons too. There's a quote out there that says, hire slow, fire fast. And I, I look back and I needed to hire slower in that. And there were a lot of red flags coming up from people that were close to me, like, you know, people who are already in the business were like, why are we bringing this person in? My husband was like, Lindsay, I don't know what's going on here. Another coach I was working at the time was like, Lindsay, I don't understand why you're bringing this person in. Like, you know what you're doing. And I don't, it was almost like, I really feel like it was a meant to be kind of situation that we were meant to go through that. And I was meant to experience what that experience was to grow because it just didn't make logical sense. Um, and so I learned a lot of great logical lessons out of that for it not to happen again, but it was just really hard. And therapy really helped me, therapy slash coaching really helped me um, process that really well and some other things too. Okay, what else do I wanna tell you with this? Um, another thing that I really worked on a lot in therapy was overgiving. I kind of talked about my career where she was just talking a lot about you know, how I can tend to be in the role of putting myself as a coach often instead of allowing people to really give to me and to fill my cup up. So I've been working through a lot of that. And it's been an ongoing thing because I do tend to overgive a lot. I healed a lot, even though my therapist didn't let me feel a lot in session and then let me cry. I would go home and I would cry on my own and I've learned how to balance feeling now. Like I do not overfill and I do not underfill. I feel just the right amount in my Enneagram feeling center. Remember that really cool assessment I was telling you about, the test center that I didn't want to get in the details of, but it shows that I'm perfectly balanced there, which is amazing. Yay. So now I can really guide clients into them feeling the right amount because most people underfeel. And then we've got the people who overfeel, um, and then they get stuck in that too. So really balancing that feeling center is huge. And I did that. Yay. Oh, so amazing. I can't tell you how amazing that feels. Like I wish I could just give you a pill to experience it. It feels so good. Um, but I had to cry a lot to get there. I cried so much this year because I just didn't hold back for moments when I felt sad. Like a shooting would happen. I cried. Um, you know, when we left the house and we moved, I cried. When something would happen with my kids or in my marriage, I cried. And I just allowed myself to feel sad. And it was just such a beautiful thing to be able to get that out of my body instead of stuffing it. So that's awesome. Okay, what else do I want to tell you? Um, two other things before I get into the last big thing I want to tell you about, which is what happened in November with some of my mental health. And that is... 
um, I did this thing early on in the year called House of Color. And it's this process where you go in and you learn what your ideal season is. So what colors look best on you. And then I also did the process of determining what my ideal style was. Hands down, amazing process. I would recommend it to anyone. Finding your colors is kind of tedious. It's not the most enjoyable experience because you're sitting there in front of the mirror without makeup on and your hair is pulled back and you're looking at yourself for a long period of time. And it's not, again, the most enjoyable thing, but you get what your colors are leaving that. And you also get, if you do the second part of it, your style. And so then you're able to say, okay, here's what the clothes are for me. Here's what my soul looks like in my, you know, fashion choices in essence and how I can really let my soul shine. And I had been looking for that for a while because as I said earlier, you know, I went through kind of these beauty changes over the past few years and I could not find Lindsay again. Um, and there was even a time, remember when I brought in Lindsay Elizabeth and my business still has that. And I still throw that in from time to time. And there was a time I was like, maybe I need to just go by Elizabeth. Like I was searching for something because I just didn't feel like my soul was with me again. And between the work I've done internally, <clears throat> I feel like she's back. The work I've done you know, with House of Color looking externally. And I also got a face reading um, to be able to understand what my face represents in regards to my personality. Um, so in this face reading, it's based on Chinese face readings. Um, and it's a really cool process. I actually had my Love in the Dream clients go through it. It was one of their bonuses from this past year and they're getting their readings right now and they're like, oh my God, this is so cool. I'm like, I know, isn't it so cool? Like how your nose represents, you know, this about you and that about you and it allows you to just really fall in love with what you look like because you realize it represents who you are and you're able to take in your power with all that. So that's really fun. So I would highly recommend doing the House of Color process. I must admit too, you know, if you go and look on the website, it is very white girl um, and there's not a lot of diversity, but if you dig deeper, you'll see some of their clientele is diverse, just their stylists or analysts or whatever they're called. It's a lot of the like privileged white girl look. So just warn yourself that, but the process is really great. Cause now I know too, I'm not going to follow trends. I know too what I'm meant to like where my jeans need to hit based on my measurements and you know, what purses I need to get and all the things like I know more than I could ever want to know about how I can look my best, which when you look your best, you just feel your best, you know? So what a great process that was. Um, okay. What else do I want to say here? Oh, the other thing is, you know, almost two years ago, I guess more than two years ago, I had the brain scan, right? And I realized in that, that I'm definitely neurodivergent. I have ADHD and I even went to him recently because I meet with him every so often meaning my doctor and I said do I have autism and he kind of laughed in my face when I said that and he's like no you're not autistic and I was like are you sure because I just really feel like I have a lot of autistic qualities and I think my dad's on the spectrum I think my brother's on the spectrum um but regardless if I have autism or not I've just really allowed myself to what they call like unmask. So, you know, we learn very early on of what is socially appropriate and what's not, right? And especially when you're neurodivergent, autistic, ADHD, etc., you learn, oh, I'm different. And you take that in usually pretty early on, especially girls do because they're so intuitive. 
Um, and so from there you learn like, okay, here's what I need to do to like fit in. And that was a big thing for me in my life. I felt always weird and different. I knew that there was just something a little bit different about me and I couldn't quite put my finger on it. Right. And so what ends up doing, you end up doing is called masking and you start to just have these behaviors where, um, they're not really authentic to you, but you know that you need to like appear a certain way to be quote unquote normal. And so I've really kind of taken that in. Ooh, sorry, I just kicked my trash. <clears throat> but I've really taken that in and um, really started to understand like, okay, what is it I authentically want to do in this moment? Like, for example, I'm at a game and they have a loud buzzer. I authentically want to cover my ears and go, ah, right? Like total kind of autistic moment, is it not? Um, and so I've really just allowed myself to lean into some of those things. And um, like at home a lot, I'll especially do, I'll be like, ooh, that's loud. Or, ooh, I don't like that. I don't like the way that feels. Ooh, please don't touch me like that. And, and really kind of just saying what it is that I need, even though I know that maybe hurts other people's feelings or it makes them uncomfortable or it brings attention to me that maybe I don't want. But what happens then, if I don't say those things, then I'll put myself in a stressful moment or situation that um, I don't really need to, uh, that I can just say, you know, hey, turn it down, please, <laughs> instead of kind of being like, okay, just tolerate it. It's okay. It's going to be okay. Like maybe go in the other room or do this other thing. And so I've just done a lot of unmasking in that. Um and that's really a process. If you're somebody who's ever gone through that, you know, like there are a lot of emotions that come up with that of, you know, feeling even more weird and different and out there and to the sadness that comes with that of like, I can't believe I've been putting up with this my whole life. Like it's no wonder my nervous system wasn't regulated for so long, right? It, it was a lot. So um, yeah, that's what I've done with masking. Okay, two last things I want to say here. The f it's all about November. So as I said, I was doing great mentally until November hit. And what happened is, gosh, there was like something that happened in early November. Oh, God, what was it? Let me look at something really quick. Stay with me. Mm -hmm. Oh, I know what it was. Okay. So early November hits and this is like the first weekend in November and I have to take my daughter to my hometown for a random reason and so we go to this hotel my hometown I don't even tell my parents I'm going because it was just like my daughter and I were popping in or we popping out so we pop in we do this thing she was just getting a haircut and then it was around dinner time so I was like oh let's just go eat we'll go eat at my favorite little divey place in my hometown and we did that. And then I was like, you know what? We're near the house where we grew up at. Let's just go drive around. Even though I know we've seen it, like I just want to go back there. As I'm going around and I'm driving around my hometown and I'm taking it in, because I haven't really done this in a while, because when I go to my hometown, I really just go to my parents' house and that's it. I'm starting to just have this moment of, wow, I had a great childhood. Like, yeah, there wasn't great moments. Yeah, I went through... A lot of little t trauma because of a lot of emotional abuse of just things that happened in my home um i also think because i was neurodivergent and i wasn't you know getting any support in that that caused a lot of little t traumas 
And there was just a long time that I just wanted to escape my childhood. I want to escape my family. I just wanted to um, be healed from it all, really. And it just felt really overwhelming to do all that. But as we drove around, I had this moment of like, wow, I, I feel really complete. Like, I feel really healed. I feel like I can see my childhood now for what it was, which was it was great, except for a few hard moments. Because our brains... Remember, it focuses in on the negative because that's what brains do to survive is to be like, eh, don't do this thing. This thing can cause harm, right? And I've been able to do all of that healing over the past 10-ish years off and on to heal all of that. And in that too, you know, I've spent time with my parents since then and I just feel so healed with them. Like I'm around my mom. I really love being around her, which is a huge change from how it felt before, like if you knew me, I would talk a lot about my mom for a long time. Um, and I just feel like really at peace with them. And I feel actually like I enjoy being around them. And I actually look at my mom and I'm like, man, my mom is a badass bitch, like in the best way. And I just see all the goodness that they gave me instead of focusing on the few things that they didn't give me or that they messed up on. And I just see them as like full human beings now, right? Of all the different aspects that led them to making the decisions that they had to make and not resenting them or being upset with them. I'm just like, oh, okay. That's just, you know, what it was. So that was a huge moment for me. And I didn't realize this until earlier today when I was getting ready to record this episode. But what happened is I had this huge up-level moment, right, of driving around and being like, wow, I feel really healed by this. And the reason I felt that moment too is in my therapy slash coaching, she had challenged me to take in that I had won the race of life. And in essence, it was like, what do you need to let go of, Lindsay, to realize that you've won? Like, you have won the race and... I just started to ask myself that question kind of rhetorically of, okay, what needs to go? What needs to go? And when you do that with your brain, then you just start healing things and things start coming up for you because your brain is like wanting to solve the problem, right? And so I was just healing kind of these little things that were coming up for me. And so again, when I was driving around, I was like, wow, I'm seeing, I have won the race of life. Like I, I, I did it, right? I'm at the finish line. Like how great. Um, and so I had this huge level of moment. And so then we come back the next day. I'm doing my Saturday thing, going to Costco. And I start to have these really negative thoughts. And granted, I have negative thoughts. You probably have negative thoughts. We all have negative thoughts. That's just part of being a human being, right? And usually I have a negative thought and I'll be like, hmm, that's interesting. Ooh, I want to shift that. And sometimes I'll shift it right away. And sometimes it may linger for a while. But what happened is I started to have negative thoughts. And then I started to have more negative thoughts and more and more. And they started to get darker and darker and darker and darker. And this is just on my way home from Costco. And so I come home from Costco and I'm unpacking and I turned to my husband and I said, I'm having a lot of negative thoughts. Um, and he's like, huh? And you can tell he didn't know what to do with it. And I was like, I think I'm going to start taking my antidepressant again because I'm feeling really weird right now. Um, and again, you, you know, he was like freaked out, like, holy shit, like what's going on. And this is like weird for me to just like go from, let me just take a med. Like that is not my MO. And so that's how bad the thoughts were. I don't remember what they were, but I just remember being like, holy shit, looking back. And this is my aha I had earlier today. I was having an upper limit 
and I did not catch it. So if you're a client of mine, you know exactly what this means. So I had this huge moment on Friday when I'm driving around my hometown and being like, holy shit, I'm healed. I've won the race of life. And then my mind sabotaged the shit out of me the next day. And this is what happens when we up level. Our mind gets really scared, even if it's a good thing, and says, oh my gosh, this is too much to handle. I got to bring you back down because even though this is good, scary, it's still scary. And I don't want to, I don't want to be here. This is new to me and I want to bring you back down. So my mind had to really bring myself back down because I had had such a great high. And um, again, I didn't catch it. So I'm just having negative thought and I was like, okay. Well, last year when I was November and I was having these thoughts, I just took the antidepressant. I felt better. Well, as we all know, you don't just pop a pill and feel better. God, that would be nice, wouldn't it? No, the thoughts just kept getting net more negative and more negative. So I'd go through a week of this and I'm just like managing my mind through it. I'm getting kind of exhausted and worn out because it's nonstop. Then I go through week two of it. I'm like, okay, all right, mine. By week three, I was beat. Okay, not only that, but I'm still dealing with anemia, right? Um, I had a really bad period that month, horrible headaches, horrible cramps. It was totally different because now I'm healing the fibroids. They're coming out of my body. I was just like, oh my God, this is horrible, right? Um, And the thoughts just get so negative that I start to have suicidal ideation because I'm starting to think, I can't do this again. I can't get through this. Like this is the worst it's ever been. And I've been working so hard on myself for 10 years and I've been taking all these damn supplements now for two years straight. And I hate taking these supplements. I have taken with every fucking meal and I'm so tired of taking the supplements. And oh my God, this is such a burden to my family. And I can't put my kids through this. I can't put my husband through this. And oh my God, it just like started snowballing, right? And it started to get to a place too where we got so dark was like, even if anybody's nice to you, Lindsay, it's just fake. They're all just so burdened by you and what you put them through with your mental health. And luckily I know enough to know better that um, this is just your mind talking, right? It's one segment of your brain. It does not mean that this is how your whole brain is. I I can be bigger than my brain, right? And I also know that when thoughts get this dark and start to get suicidal, that what you need is connection. And so I made the very brave and vulnerable choice to open up my journal that I had one day where I just had pages and pages of the most negative thoughts you can imagine. And I started reading them to my husband and I said, this is what I'm thinking. Um, And he handled it like a fucking boss, man. He was just like, I, I cannot believe you think that. Um, And not in a shaming way. It was like, Lindsay, you are not a burden to us. You are not a horrible person. Um, You know, and just kind of counteracting every thought that I told him. And I said, I know those things logically, but I cannot stop the thoughts right now. They will not stop. And, you know, I don't know what else to do. Um, And we kind of just left the conversation. I don't remember how we ended it. And what I did then is I got the idea of I'm going to do an intermean girl interview. And if you're a client of mine, you know what I'm talking about. And so what I did is I started answering those questions because what this interview does, it taps into in essence, the limbic system, the amygdala part of your brain, where your ego or inner mean girl lives. And that's where this voice comes from, this really negative voice. And I started to interview her. And when you do those questions, they're backed by neuroscience. 
it works. And I don't know why it took me that long again, because sometimes, you know, you need someone outside of yourself to tell you what to do. Um, I did that interview and I started to see what she was scared about. She was like, you are about to step into this next year of your life. Cause remember this November, right? So I'm starting to plan for 2024 and you're saying this is going to be your fuck yes year. And who the fuck do you think you are? If you think you're going to enter a fuck yes life, well, I'm going to be your worst fucking nightmare and I'm going to sabotage you and I'm going to hold you back. Cause remember this part of our brain is very primal. It gets very scared. And so she was just shaking in her boots. She was so scared because she could see and feel Lindsay's about to up level and she's about to up level big. And I got to do something big here to keep her holding back. But when you do that interview, you're able to see what she's doing to you subconsciously to then again, be bigger than your brain and to say, oh, okay, I see what you're doing you know, you're really scared right now. And in essence, you turn it into inner child work of it's going to be okay. In my case, little Lindsay, like we're going to be okay as we move forward. Right. I know it's like really woo to some of y'all. It's all back by neuroscience. My friends facing your feelings and facing the shit ain't woo. This is how brains work. And if that makes you feel uncomfortable, then my God, you got to feel some feelings. Okay. So that's what I did. Granted, it didn't happen overnight that I felt better, but it started to lessen day by day from that day I did that interview and a couple days later. So by Thanksgiving, I felt so much better. Um, and that's when I was around my parents and I was able to kind of be around them since my aha about, you know, feeling really healed. And it was just this really beautiful full circle moment of feeling like I had stepped out of some really deep darkness and healed myself in a whole new way. Um, and it just felt really powerful. And ever since then, it's been such a beautiful few weeks. And I just feel again, like my husband described it well of like, I've never seen you this confident about yourself, but in such a grounded way. And I was like, yes, it's exactly how I feel. Um, I just feel like not to sound cliche with this podcast of the unstoppable woman, but I just feel really unstoppable. And I feel really resilient, which is what I was working on this past year. Um, I feel really grounded, as I said. I feel unfuckable. And that's what makes me excited to go into corporate because I know I'm going to be handed some challenges. I know I'm going to have to face some, um, in essence, you know, what we call like DEI work, some misogyny, some probably white supremacy kind of shit, Um, maybe some ableism, you know, homophobia, who knows? And I'm ready for it. I'm like, bring it on what you got. I cannot wait to, again, like shake some things up in those environments. Um, Whereas before I felt really scared by that and felt really overwhelmed by it. So that's where I'm at, baby. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling really, really good. And I actually, when I get out of those moments, I feel even stronger because my clients will have moments like that and they can get a little bit shamey about it or embarrassed about it. And I'm like, girl, please, please. Like, if you think that's bad, you need to live in my head sometimes. Like it gets dark. And so if I'm able to work through that, then you're able, you can work through this. And I know exactly where to take you. I don't get scared by it. In fact, I've had some clients this past year have had family members or, you know, friends or people like that who have been suicidal And I'm able to coach them through it so they can show up and support these people to get them the right support, obviously. Um, But most people will be like shaking in their boots to do that. And I am like solid as a rock. I'm like, all right, what you got? 
So it's it's pretty amazing how I'm able to face some really hard things um, with clients now. And I will say that goes back to the betrayal that I dealt with with that coach slash friend slash coworker. Um, you know, it, even though it sucked and it hurt like like ass, it's made me so strong um, because you know it was such a deep betrayal and so hurtful that if I can get through that, I'm like, I can get through anything, right? So yeah, that's been my year. The other thing that I just want to talk about real quick is, you know, I've kind of mentioned this designer thing that I've had where we hired these designers. We weren't super happy with them. And so we're kind of leaving this year with that vibe. I did talk to them a few weeks ago about our disappointment with how some things came together with the design because, you know, it's just kind of like this evolving process all year long wasn't great. I'm not going to get the details of it. You know, if you're a client of mine, you heard an earful of it from time to time. So, um, yeah, I, I approached them about it. They were really nice about it. Um, and we've worked out some things, but we are leaving the year with some debt because we overspent on the house and that's not a fun place to be. And so one of my biggest focuses for 2024 is financial stuff of paying off that debt having a consistent income that's at a certain level that really reflects the amount of knowledge that I have in my career these days. Because again, I've kind of been fucking around a little bit of like, oh, work, I'll kind of work, I won't work. You know, it's like really time. I have the the certifications to prove it. Like I know my shit and it's time to get paid as if I know my shit because I do. Um, and then two, to stay on budget, like we have to really learn as a family to live with less. And if we have a certain amount for food, then we stay in that amount. And some people will be like, oh man, that sounds like that sucks, Lindsay. When I was at my brokest, meaning like I was only bringing in 3k a month and half of that was from child support, which was 1500. And then I'd bring in like 1700 from a part-time job that I had I was the happiest and granted that was like 10 years ago and so inflation wise you know kind of put that in but I was so happy I was like thriving at the fact of having very tight money because you realize money does not equal happiness. Yeah, money's nice to have. It creates a lot of freedom. It creates a lot of experiences and stuff, which is nice to have. I wouldn't want to, you know, be on a super tight budget forever and ever per se, but it's good for us. Like this is okay. We're going to be okay here. We're, we're, we need to really buckle down and like restrict ourselves a little bit. Um, and I know some of you might not like that word, but I'm cool with that word. Um, so yeah, that's really what 2024 is about. I don't really have a ton of goals because I have a really f- great life. Um, so it's really just working on the financial things, getting that cleaned up. I'm going to be working on a lot of expanding my network and doing some different things with that, kind of facing this whole marketing discomfort that I have and really putting myself out there because at, let's see, we're going in 2024 and 2025, I want to release a book and that's going to require me to have a strong network and be doing a lot of marketing so that that book is successful. Um, so that's kind of what's on my agenda for the next year and just continue to work out and heal my fibroids. And I want to approach getting into the best shape of my life because this next year I'm going to be 40 
and um you know this brought up a little midlife talk here and there um I think I've had a little bit of midlife crisis stuff going on with some processing some different things but I'm getting through it and I want to just make sure I stay healthy because I feel like this is the absolute best time in your life to make sure you're staying on top of your health so that your older age you are still thriving along the way all right my friends I know I wanted to end with some brags with some things but my god this episode has gotten really really long (laughs) um But I'll just give you a taste of all the things that I was going to say to you so you get an idea of what it's like to really, you know, when you recap these things, be it in your, you know, a day or a year like I did or a month or whatever, you take a moment and you really just brag about it because you're really owning your power, okay? So here are a couple of my brags. I brag my HRV is killing it because I showed up to do the work to heal my nervous system. I brag I know it looks good on me and I own it. I brag I manifested my ideal marketing partner with my client coming on board. I brag I'm a master networker. I brag I've unpacked so many shitty systems, including coaching, and that was uncomfy AF, but it's made me unstoppable, which is something I didn't really talk about in this episode. But that was something else I've been doing a lot this year is unpacking some of the, um, what I want to call it, toxicity, I guess, in the coaching industry and really separating myself from some of that toxicity. And that's what what's led me back to the ICF too because the ICF is so regulated that there's really not any toxicity in that at all. Um, Hi, Brag. I clearly see the importance of my role as a coach and how special it is. You're inviting someone into your subconscious, and I take that role very seriously. I brag I'm doing so many hard things to hold my family lineage lineage, ADHD, proprioceptive issues, depression, anxiety, money, allergies, restrictive airway disease, etc. I brag I'm ready to coach men and even more top leaders. I brag I'm the leader of leaders and a damn good one at that. I brag I now only surround myself with people who honor and raise my vibration. If they aren't an F yes, they are a no. I brag I did really hard work to feel safe in my marriage so my divine feminine can show up. I've done the work to be able to feel with others, including my husband's. I brag I don't have any resentment in my marriage. I brag I accept without judgment now that we have the genetics for depression as a family and I don't make it a problem about me or anybody else anymore. It's just like any other health issue. I brag I'm so good at what I do. I don't study for the PCC or IEQ9 exams and I figured out total brain with little guidance, speak with ease on emails, social posts, etc. I brag I faced my daughter's mental health versus blowing it off as teenage angst or laziness. I brag I implemented the fair play system into my home and my husband does more than any other man I know in my personal life. I brag I'm entering my 10th year of business. I've made it this far. I brag I show the F up for myself over and over and over again. I brag I push back on my coaching meaning like I really challenge my coach when she gives me things and I don't just like sit down and take it. I like push back of like, well, why are you, you know, pushing me that way kind of thing. I brag I give no shits what other people outside my inner circle think about me. I brag I remember who the F I am again and again, and I am unwavering. I brag I am so close to being at my optimal health. I can feel it. I brag I have so much energy again in these past few weeks, even while still healing my fibroids. I brag I'm the leader of leaders. I think I've already said that. I brag I speak my truth now all the time in a loving but luscious and smart way. I future brag that LTD and Broken Bow is going to be 
so much fun. I future brag my 40s are going to be the best years of my life. This is going to be my era. I brag my house runs like a flexible machine so much so that I can expand my business now. I future brag that 2024 will be the year that gets my family set up to a whole new level of financial success forever and ever. I brag my babies are thriving and will continue to thrive even though I'll be working more. I future brag I'll be sold out this year. I brag we're building the funnel for awakened woman self-study to make a sell plus a day of an ideal client who thrives in that process. I brag my clients are so happy they tell everybody else about my business and the coaching process and tell them to buy. I brag Awaken Woman is the best product on the market hands down, no question. And I brag that I feel that in the depth of my soul. I'm not just telling myself that. I brag to trust myself when I've made a mistake or in the wrong. So I ask for forgiveness and move the F on. I brag I fully believe now that if someone is upset with me, they'll tell me it's not my job to figure it out. I brag I'm learning to enjoy the downs as much as the ups. I brag this is my lifetime my soul has been waiting for. Honestly, my friends, I have a whole nother page of brag but I will spare you of that. I hope you got an idea of just how much you can brag. So if you're a client of mine, especially y'all's brags have been tame AF, bring it up, bring it up a notch because this is the kind of bragging that I do. And I don't want to like bring those into our coaching things. Um, because you know, I don't know. I just don't want to make it about me, but like y'all can bring those brags up to the next level. So in that, I hope it expanded you by hearing those brags and how much you can own your power in that. If that was triggering for you, then my friend, you got to do some work to own your power in that because it is a great place to be to really own who you are. It's taking me a while and I am flowing it, but damn, it feels good. Okay. That's it. Thanks for tuning in. Mwah. So glad to have you here. It's been so much fun. I hope you've learned so many great lessons from this and you have some takeaways. And if you're a client of mine, I will see you soon. If you're not a client of mine yet, maybe you should be. Go to my website, lindsayepreston.com and look at starting with Awakened Woman self-study and let's get started and change your life. I would absolutely love to help you. All right, my friend, that's it for now. Bye.